Welcome to The Gentle Podcast, a space where you can take off the mask and be your full self. Here we have conversations to nourish your mind, body and spirit on your journey home to you, the real you. I am your host, Rachel White, a coach, speaker and author here to guide gentle souls just like you to expand in vitality and freedom while connecting to and expressing their higher, most authentic self. Let's get into this episode. This episode was a session from the Trust Summit that I ran online in my Gentle Souls Facebook group. The content and all of the speakers was so amazing that I felt like I had to share it in the podcast as well. You might hear a little bit of interaction through the live comments that were coming through during each of these sessions and they were just so good. So please enjoy. Okay, welcome everyone to day three of the Trust Summit. I'm so excited to start this day off with you, Joe. Welcome. Hello, Rachel. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Yes. So Joe is a personal development and positive psychology coach, facilitator, mentor, and founder of the Create Your Life Academy. She specializes in coaching individuals and groups for positive change using a strengths approach to enhance well-being, build resilience, and provide strategies for life optimization. Big welcome. So, um, Sorry, I'm just checking that we are definitely live. Yep. Okay, so to start us off, do you want to give a little bit of a background into who you are and how you came to be the version of yourself that you are right now? Great question. So I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I've got a book sitting next to me at the moment and I didn't realise how far back this went, but this one's called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff by Richard Carlson, highly recommend this book as well. Um, And what's interesting is that was, I read that book right before I'd gone through a really extreme um, experience of anxiety, depression. Rachel knows this story if you've listened to the podcast. Um, And within that time, I was actually motivated by this quote that I heard so I I wasn't able to leave the house at the time I'd um, been experiencing such intense anxiety that if I tried to leave the house I'd actually have panic attacks so I heard this quote one day that said pain can be your greatest teacher if you allow it to be and this came from Alexi Panos and it kind of sparked this idea that okay well what can I do? What's within my influence? What's within my control at the moment? I love learning. So I was, I was studying um, music at the time. I was doing a Bachelor of Music Industry, music performance. And I thought, well, what if I can just learn about psychology, learn about well-being, learn about resilience and actually build, like build my well-being so I can actually support other people if I can get out of this. And 
I guess at the time it was it was sort of a bit of a crossroads. It's either like completely give up or just take a step and see how this goes. Mm. So with that decision, just making that decision to say yes to me, to say yes to life, to say yes to learning um, about all this stuff, actually it was interesting that small little step um, just resulted in like so many more steps that actually led me into building Create Your Life Academy using the principles and tools that I actually use to go from the red zone with my mental health um, into the green zone where I was experiencing like intense like joy and happiness and fulfillment um, finding my way to what I do now working with amazing clients working um, I've been a coach in anxiety free living on the flip side actually working with people experiencing anxiety and I absolutely love it and I get to be creative um, it's not quite like music but I get to be creative in a sense that I'm creating content, programs, um, resources for people to access, and I still play music too. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of a really quick um, idea of how I did, um, got into this field. And, obviously, I went and studied after doing music, went and studied positive psychology, coaching, and I keep studying, actually. I'm a forever student, so I'm sure there'll be more <laughs> in the cards there too. But yeah, that's how I got here. Beautiful. Do you want to dive a little deeper into, so the quote you said that pain can be our greatest teacher if we allow it to be. Correct me if I didn't get that um, word for word. So when you are in a state of feeling pain with your mental health, feeling physical pain and just being in a state of pain, hearing that quote was kind of like it created an internal shift. What would you say supported you the most? Because it's not like sometimes we can have a massive leap where it's like we're in this pain and then all of a sudden, bang, life is amazing. But usually there's a bit of a process and some tools, techniques that I, I know you have a whole toolkit of those that you can talk about. What are some, for anyone listening that might be in that state of pain where they're not necessarily seeing a way out at the moment, what are some tools and techniques or, or things that are important to know for them to begin to move through that awesome awesome question so one thing that comes to mind is Suzanne Jeffers so this came up I think yesterday with Katie Tankard mentioned the book feel the fear and do it anyway fantastic book so we have what's called pain to power vocabulary that we use so if you can imagine like a scale there's pain there's power and when we come from a position of pain, things that we're actually saying to ourselves are, I can't. But when you're coming from a position of power, you're saying, no, you know what? I'm actually choosing not to, like I won't. And it changes like internally for you. Like it's more ownership of your emotions and how you're feeling. And it's leaning more into emotional intelligence as well, which I'll go into a little bit later. Um, it's also like it's a problem. So it's asking yourself, what lens am I actually choosing to look through? Am I looking through a lens of problem and just focusing on everything that's wrong? Or am I looking through a lens of opportunity, of growth, of, you know, what can I learn from this? And that is why that quote really like sunk in, I guess, when I, when I heard it, pain can be your greatest teacher. If you allow it to be, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can learn something here. Maybe I can build my personal capacity 
so that if anything happens again, I'll have more resilience to handle what's happening. And having, I guess, just to sum that one up, having the pain to power vocabulary is so powerful. Just asking yourself, am I coming from a position of pain or am I coming from a position of power? And you will feel it. Like you will feel whether you're feeling empowered or you're feeling hopeful, like maybe you're experiencing some fear, but it's like, it's okay. I know that this will pass. Like you have hope that that will change, um, which is one of the mental health strategies we use as well, like giving people hope um, for healing and improving their mental well-being, and having those conversations with yourself, like knowing that strategy is really powerful. And another thing with that book as well is um, another strategy is letting yourself know you can handle it. Cause I think trying to think of what the quote is, um, the underlying to all our fears is a lack of trust in ourselves. So bringing it back to the theme of this, um, I want to say seminar, summits, there we go, summit. So the underlying um, thing is like not having that trust in ourselves when we can actually choose to go, you know what, I can handle this. Like I am experiencing this fear, but I can handle it. And as soon as you give that to yourself, like knowing that everything's figure outable, you can handle it. Um, it's a bit of a hack. <laughs> it's a bit of an anxiety hack as well. Um, and that is how we handle fear, how we shift ourselves from this state of fear into that state of um, power and trust in ourselves that will navigate it. So many really good points in that. And um, I love how you started with the painter power vocabulary. Like I, I'm a big advocate for the language we use will impact our entire life and how not only impact our life but how we see our life and there's definitely so much power in in the way we word things especially when we're talking about things in terms of ourselves. and um the hope that you talked about I, I really love that because I think it's just another way of reaffirming the trust that everything is temporary even our pain every moment's temporary so if we believe that then we have to believe that our pain is temporary and that it will pass and having that shift from pain to power just gives us the trust and the belief that we're the ones that are going to end our pain or to subdue our pain or to transform our pain into power and living the life that we really want to yes absolutely i love that reflection too it's um taking that ownership of okay, what is within my control and influence mm. to change rather than focusing on everything that's outside of you. Um, and when you make that shift, it's so, it's such a simple model, um, but making that shift is so powerful. It is absolutely transformational. Yes. Um, do you want to dive into what you've prepared to talk about in the um, different tools and techniques and you can bring up your images and everything yeah just buckle in and you take it away absolutely all right so just off um what we were just talking about now i thought i'd share a quick visual hopefully this works on facebook if you guys are in tuning in over on facebook let me know in the comments if you're seeing this 
So I'll share my screen. Um, is that coming up on your side, Rachel? Um, there is a little a little time delay, so I'm just seeing if it is coming up. All good. Oh yeah, Holly says she can see it. So. Awesome, cool. Thanks, Holly. All right, so we've got um, a little bit of what I was sharing about, I guess, my story. Um, if we were to put that to a model, as well as the pain versus vocabulary model as well, this is called the locus of control. So when we're in an internal locus of control, we are focusing on things like, okay, what can I, especially around this time at the moment, um, shifting the focus away from the external of, you know, we can't change the weather. So looking at external locus of control for a minute, we can't change the weather. We can't like, control what people think. We can't control whether we will get sick. However, what we can do moving it into internal is what can we do to build our well-being? And that is what I do in positive psychology. It's the science of well-being about building well-being. How can we build our resilience? Um, and feel free to comment below as well, guys, on what you feel is like within your internal locus of control as well. Um, so ideas for this would be, well, have self-care practices. Like what do you do when it comes to your self-care? Um, are you able to set up sleep hygiene? I've been learning about sleep hygiene, hygiene recently, like having sleep routines so that you're preparing your body for rest. So you're getting that deeper, more restorative levels of um, sleep. So when you wake and through the day, you're able to sort of sustain your energy more. And just other ideas like choosing, um, choosing to trust is one thing that's within your internal locus of control. You can completely choose what you're giving energy to, what you're choosing to focus on. Externally, sometimes, automatic reactions can happen like we it's actually okay to experience a bit of fear sometimes um, I think it's completely natural to but it's like what you choose um, how you choose to respond to that is like within your control and influence again with the internal locus of control so let me know if this is making sense as well um, Rachel I thought maybe I'll throw this one over to you as well if you have something to share about this yeah, and Holly's just commented that um, the foods I nourish myself with for my health. So that's another another good example. And Fantastic. yeah, like I, I completely agree. I think all we can really do is focus on our internal internal control. Um, if if we would if we want to create shifts and yeah, it's it's all that what we're nourishing ourselves with, how we're sleeping what we're choosing to consume um, through all of our senses, what we're watching, what we're doing. And yeah, is that what you wanted me to share? Yeah, awesome. Definitely. Um, and on that as well, hopefully I've lined these slides up properly. Um, we will see. Yes. All right. So what relates to this as well is this little formula. If you want to write this down, if you are tuning in if you've got a notepad there. So event plus response equals outcome. So when we're looking at events, imagine that as your external locus of control. So we can't always control the things that happen. We can't always control circumstances. 
However, um, you can choose how you respond to that. You can react as well. Reacting is more of a automatic like response you'll have to things, which is your fight, flight, freeze um, that you may have heard before. However, we can shift from that into how we choose to respond, which is our internal locus of control. And how we choose to respond to that could be, again, with what we were sharing, um, like now is a beautiful time indoors where you can have some time to focus on self-care, on improving your well-being, improving your mindset, learning that course that you've wanted to learn for all this time but you might have been putting off because you've been too busy um time to be be still like give back um be more present uh practice mindfulness there's so many things you can do so how can you respond to this um another thing is if you are experiencing like fear um you can choose to respond to that by acknowledging that you know it's okay to be feeling what i'm actually feeling instead of resisting it um, resisting how you're feeling, actually acknowledging it and coming from that place of compassion and kindness towards yourself and choosing um, what's interesting, which I'll go into as well with positive emotions. There's a science to this as well, is when you experience a negative emotion or you're in that energy, it takes three positive emotions to the one to counteract that. So instead of just staying stuck in the fear, how you could respond would be gratitude is a positive emotion, come from gratitude. It could be kindness, come from kindness. Um, perhaps, I'm trying to think of some different ones as well, a sense of awe. So awe is actually a very powerful positive emotion that doesn't get talked about very much. However, it is associated with actually boosting your immune system. So there's been a lot of studies on this. And or is that feeling you get when you look up at the stars and you just go, wow, like this is just bigger than me. This is amazing. Or you go out to a beautiful location. Me and Rachel actually went out to the Perry Sandhills on my birthday and you get out there and you're like, wow, you're just so far removed from like everyday life and you're just seeing nature like at its just finest. It's beautiful. Um, and, you know, is it Mungo National Park as well? That's, that's incredible. There's just so many beautiful places and you can experience this even in the comfort of your own home, just looking at beautiful pictures, looking at art, um, appreciating music. So these are ways we can respond, um, which will ultimately determine our outcome. So just to give you two examples, like let's say we experience a negative event of some sort and we choose to react to that event. We choose to go, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? Um, think about that pain versus power vocabulary vocabulary again. Um, how you get stuck in the pain, like, oh, maybe I should do this. Oh, like, I can't do it. Um, or whatever it may be. Whereas if you were to respond, um, you'd ultimately get like a different outcome. Like it would sort of lessen that um, stress that you're putting on your body um, and weakening your immune system in the process as well. So that is a bit of those models as well. Um, I think, sorry, can I, can I add to that, Joe? I think absolutely. like this is something that's really, really important to think about right now, especially with everything that's going on in the world because there's this massive event that's pretty much affecting every single person at a global level. And there's 
even just witnessing the people around us, the people on social media, there's a lot of different responses that are happening. I have seen some people that are literally um, just complaining about it every day on their Facebook. I've actually like unfollowed a few people who, who have kind of been stuck in that um, like just for now. And then there are people that are just wishing things would go back to the way that they were, which things aren't going to go back to the way they were. And then there's people that are choosing to um, to study, to do things at home, to take more time for stillness, to really be gentle and loving with themselves. There's like a billion, a, a billion different responses. And it's just so important to really see the equation that it's our response that is going to determine the outcome. And it's exactly what you've been saying that our response is within our control, whereas the events are never going to be. And just like a simple, and, and this doesn't really apply to big things, just a, a really simple thing is just say you're um, making your morning cup of tea and you drop your mug and it breaks that's an event and that event within itself is neutral it doesn't have any meaning until you apply your response so you can just um clean it up get a new mug go about your day or your response can be oh just my luck why did I do this this happens this always happens to me this is going to ruin my day blah 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 and then that creates an outcome of you one believing that's just your luck things just happen to you like that and it creates the outcome of that like burst in adrenaline when you think dropping and breaking a mug is a disaster to impact the rest of your day and life as well Mm. and getting into like a little bit of like a spiritual energy level is when you affirm that events like that are things that happen to you or that happen all the time that's then what you attract more of in your life so you're creating an amplified outcome as well so yeah I think this is just such an an important equation for us to realize that we are really creating the outcome that we're experiencing absolutely fantastic share too um if anyone has any questions as well with this just drop them in the group um I'm just going to pull up another slide too for this um what came to mind as well during this is I guess we're looking at trust for this for the summit and fear as well so imagining people at the moment are experiencing a bit of fear um what I wanted to share um, before I put the slides back up again, is that um, something interesting I've been learning as I've been researching positive psychology is that we have something like 34,000 emotions available to us, right? But we're only aware of like a few of these. So if you're a visual person, imagine that these emotions are like a universe. So you've got a universe of emotions and imagine that we have core emotions. So trust is a core emotion. Um, and that could be like a planet, for instance. And within the solar system of trust, you would have acceptance. So acceptance is a bit more of a gentler energy. They, they feel different um, if you can feel them as well, if you're kinesthetic, um, visual kinesthetic. So trust, acceptance, and I think as well, admiration. So admiration is within that solar system. Now imagine fear as its own planet. So this is another solar system. You've got fear 
So a heavier version of fear would be terror. Like, can you feel the difference between fear and terror as well? Like it feels different in the body. Yeah. And um, apprehension's a bit lighter. It's like, oh, like I'm not too sure. You're kind of holding yourself back a little bit. So bringing awareness to that, like just bringing more awareness to those emotions, I think is really important. Like building your emotional intelligence around what you're actually feeling. Because if you feel it and you kind of suppress it, which is what a lot of people tend to do. Um, when I was coaching in um, anxiety-free living, it was interesting how that was so common. If anxiety would come up, people would just resist it. They're like, <gasps> like I'm feeling this feeling, so I'm pushing it down. Um, and it kind of just exacerbates it or it prolongs the experience of that emotion. So the reason I'm sharing this is because what we've been talking about is like choosing, you know, choosing differently um, on what you're focusing on. However, if you are feeling fear around what's been happening, it's completely okay as well. And it's important to actually acknowledge what that feeling is. So you can actually like, go, okay, I'm experiencing this, but I can bring it up so I can let it go. And a visual, um, Rachel's heard me talk about this one a few times. This one comes from Andrew Pierce is if you imagine anxiety, fear um, as a tennis ball, you're pushing this tennis ball underwater and you're just creating more and more resistance. You're like, oh, just pushing it down rather than like just letting go and allowing that to float up and out. And then again, it's with that temporary experience, like we've mm. felt it, we let it go. So then we can respond to choose to come from that place of trust, that place of love, that place of acceptance, like you can shift and it's completely okay to be feeling those feelings. Mm, definitely. I love how you just explained that. What do you say? How many, how many different emotions? There are 34,000 um, at this current point in time that have been uh, found. <laughs> how many could the average person name? Probably like 10. About that, yes. I think it's about six or nine or something like that. Yeah. It's interesting. Think, yeah, this is just another example of how powerful it is to expand your vocabulary and to understand different words and how using different words impact us because sometimes we can think either we're anxious, we're calm or we're happy. Like it's those three options. But really understanding that there are so many different feelings kind of like in between if, if we think of it like as a scale it's like we don't have to say I'm anxious or I'm fearful maybe I'm just um like you said a little bit apprehensive mm. and it, just even changing that wording can change how we physically respond and physically feel as well so I think I think that's really cool and I love that like tennis ball analogy because I think um like we've probably all like as kids tried to push a ball underwater and it's like you know it's hard <laughs> and you just like go and it just floats out like that's exactly it oh <laughs> uh, fantastic and it's just bouncing off what you shared as well um with that range of emotions we can feel um we can also mix emotions and the reason I bring this up is because think of trust again getting back to this theme I, I love this theme by the way Rachel good choice <laughs> So trust and fear. So if we were to combine trust and fear, um, and this comes from science as well, it's not just me making this up, we have submission. And if you were to Google what the meaning of submission is, it's unwillingly allowing something, which is resistance. 
in a sense. It's like unwillingly, oh, I submit, like I'll just. Um, But if we mix trust with joy, which is a positive emotion, we experience love. And just to land the plane on this as well, um, the reason I'm actually going into positive emotions, this is only one pillar of like six pillars in positive psychology as well is because research in positive emotions are actually associated with lower levels of what's called pro-inflammatory cytokines. I had to say this word a few times, which are regulators of our immune system. So they actually promote inflammation in the body when um, we have like infection, illness or injury. And it's so fascinating that they've been able to discover this, but when we are feeling and experiencing emotions like joy, contentment, pride, or gratitude, compassion, love, we actually um, lower like the inflammatory um, cytokines in our bodies. And it, it actually has health benefits to it. So when we're talking about practicing gratitude, set up a gratitude practice, it's so beneficial for your health because you're experiencing that positive emotion. Um, you know, when we're talking about doing mindfulness, you're experiencing that contentment, that potentially joy, like love, whatever is coming up for you. So these interventions and tools and strategies actually are so beneficial, like on your immune function and your well-being and your like helping you build resilience as well. So it's a very multi-dimensional like topic that I've picked for today on well-being, but just thought I'd quickly share that as well, like why we're talking about this. And um, just touching on that as well, like it's the emotional attachment or connection to the actions we're taking that are so important because if you're like doing gratitude but you're just making a list feeling like why is this important, Um, like, like just mindlessly making a gratitude list, that's not necessarily going to have the full benefits of really practicing and feeling gratitude absolutely absolutely agree um so i guess on that as well that's an intervention like people could practice and like what rachel just said um instead of just sitting there going oh i'm just doing this because it's on my to-do list i'm trying to do it um perhaps it's about when you set up your gratitude practice so let's say this is one of the tools and techniques you guys can start practicing if you don't have a gratitude practice so It could be that once a week you sit down and you write your list of everything that you're grateful for. Maybe that works for you. Um, But there's different ways you can actually practice gratitude. So maybe gratitude for you is actually sharing appreciation with someone. So there's people in your life that you can actually share appreciation towards. Like I'm really grateful for, you know, whoever the person is um, and acknowledge them for what exactly it is that you're grateful for about them. Um, for instance, I had someone buy me a coffee a couple of months back. Um, I was in the office. She just stuck her head around the corner and goes, I'm going to Nash Lane, which is one of our cafes in Mordura, if people are tuning in outside of Mordura. Um, Do you want me to grab you a coffee? And in that moment, I was just so appreciative because I thought, wow, like that's such a kind gesture. So I actually acknowledged her for a strength of kindness. I'm like, thank you so much. I really appreciate your kindness. Um, Like you didn't have to do that. It's beautiful. So practicing gratitude, that could be another way. Or maybe you're someone who loves routine. You love just having 
routine in your life. So every day, every morning or every evening, you write three things that you're grateful for. Like I'm grateful for this, whatever it may be. I'm grateful for the sun shining in through my window today. I'm really grateful for, um, I'm really grateful for my friends, the beautiful people I have in my life. Um, so it's up to you how you how you do gratitude you can actually choose how to do gratitude it's not just one set set thing um and again with the benefits of gratitude like that helps lower that those cellular inflammation in our body it helps boost our resilience um you know helps us get better sleep so there's plenty of benefits linked in with this too Mm, definitely do you want to go into did you say you had more images to share I totally forgot about that. Hey, (laughs) I'll, I'll have a quick look too. Um, whoops. So let's see what's in here. Um, I think they're the main ones. So I might just have a look at a few things at the moment. Hold on a sec. So another thing, which I don't have an image here for at the moment, is even actually on gratitude while we're on live, I have these gratitude cards. So I might quickly pull one and see if anyone wants to play along at home. Go for it. And for anyone that's interested in hearing more about gratitude, Holly and Annabelle are going to be talking about this tonight. So we're going to dive completely in. But, yeah, you've shared some really beautiful things to start us off with the topic. Oh, fantastic. All right, I'll do this one super quick. Which one of your meals were you most grateful for today? Mm. All right, so that's one you can answer. All right, so other tools and techniques... um, just noticing the time as well um just looking at an exercise which i'll share with rachel as well so pop a link um, in the comments on facebook as well is looking at your best possible self so we use this in positive psychology and coaching Um, i also call it creating your ideal average day so now that you've got some time um some time at home to think about this it's actually so beneficial as well um, for your health to think about who do I want to be at the end of this potentially like who do I want to be who's my best possible self how would I like you know my life to look and my exercise actually walks you through that process of visualizing this and I just had a flashback as well as I was was sharing this Um, one of the things when I was um, experiencing like anxiety depression like back in my early 20s was actually thinking about the person I would be on the other side of this and that actually motivated me to go okay look there is hope that I can I can get there um which accesses this sense of um achievement and accomplishment um to work towards that which is another pillar of um, having good well-being is having things that you're working towards like having things that excite you that you're interested in um as well I'm not sure if you resonate with this as well Rachel like actually having things that get you excited to jump out of bed in the morning or like work towards so you're striving towards something um because that you know that period it's not always the goal itself that gives you that boost of oh 
like fulfillment and accomplishment, but it's that process that you go on um, and the person you grow into as you're working towards that, that actually gives you that, that feeling of, oh, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling a sense of pride, accomplishment, achievements, fulfillment. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So is it just as simple as writing down or getting clear on who, who is the, what's the version of me that's going to come out the other side of this? Yeah, absolutely. So if you are feeling um, at the moment you are experiencing any anxiety or fear or even if you're in a good place as well like if you're more um grounded this exercise is just so so powerful on all dimensions because you're just checking back in with yourself like okay where do I see myself um in like 12 months time six months time like what does my best possible self look like like what what is what is their internal self-talk um what are they um like how are they waking up every day? Like what's even walking through your routine? So it's it's completely tailored to what works for you. So you might want to walk through your routine. So like I'm waking up at 7 a.m. every day feeling inspired or feeling invigorated, feeling energized, um, which you can reverse engineer to be like, okay, in order for me to feel that, um, it's important for me to get six to seven hours, uh, six to eight hours sleep every night or something like that. So, um, yeah, I'll yeah. give that link to Rachel or I'll post it up in the group so you can go through the exercise. Yes, sounds good. And I think, like, what's important to note is when we think about a future version of ourselves, sometimes we can feel like it's just so far away that, like, there's... And that sometimes things feeling really far away can kind of disconnect us from thinking it's actually possible for us to have. But like how to be the next level version of yourself is to be the next level version of yourself. And yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, that'll be cool if you post the link and and guide everyone through that process a little bit more. Absolutely. Are there any other like practices, tools, techniques that you want to talk about? Um, Just a bit on the sleep hygiene as well. So that's another one I'll also post a link up about too. Um, Just getting into, I think sleep is so, so important, um, especially around this time that we take care of ourselves and establishing a good sleep routine. And this starts from pretty much the moment you wake up through into the evening. So your sleep routine doesn't technically start, okay, right before you go to bed. So through the day, um, ensuring that you are stepping out into natural sunlight. So if you're starting your day with stepping out into the lights or in the middle of the day, like on your lunch break, whatever it may be, going for a walk, um, that actually influences um, your circadian rhythms. So that helps keep you awake longer through the day so you're not, you know, crashing in the afternoon as much. And also there's a lot of research behind it too. If you're like out in the light too, you will sleep better at night. Just a very basic um, description there. I won't go into too much detail with it, but just thinking about what, I guess the question to you guys would be what, what's your current sleep routine? Like, could this improve? Um, And what are some things that you could do to create a sleep routine? So just, I guess, give you, to give you a personal example, this is one I've been working on. So for um, a few months, 
um, months there, I was not sleeping like an adequate amount for my, like, um, for my cron type, they call it. So I, I need um, about seven to eight hours sleep to feel like myself. Um, so for me, it's been about ensuring that I'm actually exercising, stepping outside during the day, um, not at nighttime, preparing for bed preparing for sleep which includes like just disconnecting from electronic devices um just putting on some candles so the lighting changes in the room which lets my body know oh it's like winding down for sleep time mm -hmm. um otherwise it's very easy to like you know like take a long time to fall asleep uh when you do get to, when you do get to bed so i don't know if anyone else can relate to this but that's been something i was experiencing um around this time i just keep thinking about my to-do list or whatever it may be um, so it's getting into those healthier practices of putting the day to rest so if you have things to do just put the day to rest write out what you need to do the night before then tell yourself I will do that tomorrow like that's on my to-do list for tomorrow that doesn't belong here while I'm trying to go to sleep right now um, so yes that's another little thing you could do and I do go more into this. I have a proper training where I can actually break it down for you guys a little bit more. And there's slides and all sorts of things. Um, so I'll post that link up as well. Yeah, I think sleep is such an underrated thing, like appreciating how the quality of our sleep is impacting our entire life. Mm. Absolutely. Beautiful. Um, was there something else you wanted to say? Um, so just on that too, I guess, sleep, physical activities, um, which I'm not sure if you've got people coming on talking about physical activity, but just, I guess, um, basic understanding is it's very well known that physical acti activity helps us with our mental health as well, helps us with sleep, helps us with our physical well-being, our emotional well-being, and having like at the moment if you're indoors I don't know about you Rachel but I've been doing these 30 minute workouts um 15 to 30 minute workouts with Doc Gen Fit it's all online it's all in my bedroom mm. surprisingly I've got my yoga mat so it's just making a commitment to myself that I show up and do that every day so having 30 minutes of physical activity is really important and I know that that has impacted my well-being and energy levels in a major way over the last week, especially because I wasn't doing it the first week and I felt it. And then I started again and I noticed like a big change in my mood, in my um, like energy levels towards the end of the day, uh, mental health, all of it. It was it's pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so many different things that come into play in terms of our overall well-being. So it's you've covered so many different aspects and that's really amazing and I'm excited to see the links you share and the resources you'll be sharing with us to dive in a little deeper as well um do you have anything you want to share to wrap us up any final words you want to leave with everyone final words thank you so much for um well thank you for having me on here Rachel I'm really grateful to have been part of the trust summit um and have been tuning in as well to all the amazing speakers and for anyone watching this live, thank you for like watching and commenting and watching the replay as well. And just, I guess, when it comes to your well-being, 
just think about this as a very multi-dimensional thing. So you're looking at your physical well-being, your emotional well-being, which we've gone into with those positive emotions. You've got some tools there. Um, and your social well-being too, which I'll just quickly land the plane on. You can do these calls. You can connect with us um, with these summits. There's so much out there at the moment. Jump on a call with a friend. Connect. Um, and, yeah, I think that's pretty much where I'm at. So I will we'll drop some drop some links for you guys to dig a bit deeper. There's only so much we can do in a like quick session like this. Um, but hopefully you guys took some things away today. And comment below as well if there was anything in particular that really stood out to you and one thing that you'll be implementing in your life moving forward. So thank you again. Thank and yeah, you. that's me. Thank you so much for being here with us, Joe. And yes, thank you everyone that's here live and everyone here watching the replay. If you're watching the replay and you have any comments, um, any questions for Joe, post them and she will happy to get back to you and I'll put some links to her pages and everything if you want to go and follow her and find out more so thank you so much Joe, and we'll be back soon at 12 o'clock for the next speaker there's yeah full day of speakers today so it's exciting thank you so much have an amazing day Joe. thank you bye Thank you so much for listening. You can find me online at by Rachel White or at The Gentle Podcast. You can reach out to me anytime. I would always love to hear from you. Have a beautiful day. Namaste.